everybody, and welcome to episode 72 of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are discussing a new release, and that is a sequel to the Lego Movie, uh, conveniently titled The Lego Movie 2, The Second Part. Or go around the world here real quick. Everybody's thoughts on the first Lego movie? I was very high on this. I think I was like an A- on it. Anybody else want to share their thoughts on the previous real quick? Well, I, I read your review uh, shortly before I saw it, and I'm... I'm. Wait! Of the first one? Oh, the first one? Uh, Did everybody uh, like the yeah, first one? Yeah, you movie? both gave That's it four and a half stars. I gave it four stars. I don't know what John thinks. Did I not review... Oh, I didn't review the first one on Letterboxd. No, I really liked the first one. Great. So we're all fans going in, and um, I'll give a quick synopsis because I reviewed it for the site, and I like this one, I think, a little bit more than the original. I think the messaging of the movie in the meta-textual real-world element of the film that is there throughout the, the movie this time, instead of just kind of a reveal in the third act of the original, speaks more to helping the world and the kids that see it was thoroughly entertained uh, i think the pivot to have more songs was well done i enjoyed all of them yeah it was a fun little adventure with a bunch of familiar characters and a nice little balance of new faces as well so yeah i am very very high on this movie and uh yeah what did everybody else think yeah i mean when i read your review i read it like right before i went in to see it and i'm pretty much in the same the same like I have the same high on it as you do. Like I just, I really love this movie. I like it slightly. I I also really love the first. I like this one slightly more. I just uh, there's just so much to like about it. Just so so much good that that comes from this movie. Like you said, its message is actually pretty surprisingly great. Kind of comes out of left. It kind of comes out of left field. Like it, it's like implying it for a lot of it, but then it. You know, hammers at home near the end, and I was just really happy with that. The songs, like I, I don't remember a movie with as many like really catchy songs, at least original catchy songs. Like the, I mean, this was like Disney tier, you know, like old '90s Disney tier, especially the the song in the credits. Yeah, that's my my take so far. John, I really like this film, but I I think I disagree with a couple of things you guys said. I'm not sure. Well, I shouldn't say disagree. I'm not sure how I feel about the feeling that it's a more musical movie and they included more music numbers. I love how at one point the characters acknowledge that. They're like, wait, is this a musical now? I'm not, and also, I, I'm not sure how to deal with the fact that you go into this knowing what's happening behind the curtains and knowing what's happening behind the scenes. And like you said, Zach, what do you mean about the man behind what? Like, Dude, there with are the real man, people. With, yeah, like with the meta narrative of like this is also just kind of I I mean they reference it in the movie like this is all like like what it was the what's the line this is all a child coming to grips with his imagination and the death of his childhood or something like that like I like like I like that they first of all I love that they they're self referential in like pure Deadpool esque form um, yeah I, it, it just it doesn't make it maybe it was still great. It was still great, don't get me wrong, but maybe it didn't hit as hard as with that first film where you don't know what's going on, and then they lift the veil, and you're like, oh. Um, but how are you supposed to lift the veil again, though? I don't know. You can't You can't put it back can't in the box. You can't recreate it, which, is, which isn't mm. to say anything bad about the film, just say maybe it 
it doesn't hit as hard as the first one with that particular type of plot device. But I think the movie still has a pretty good twist built into it with what's going on with Emmett's journey in this movie. That twist I, I don't know. was foreshadowed like minute one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. But I will say, in terms of the message that I think Ben was alluding to, I actually think they were hinting at it for a while, I think, and I think they mm-hmm. hit it right on the nail. Right on the nail. Right on the head. I'm not saying, like, they didn't, like, I'm just saying, like, they, it wasn't, I guess out of left field wasn't the best phrase, but it was just, like, it wasn't, I didn't think it was going to be the overall message of the movie until, until it kind of, like, the last, you know, the, the climax. Which is, okay, which is why I think, again, we can, once we get into it, like, into spoilers, we can talk about it, because depends on what you see as the message, because actually I kind of see, like, there's two messages, and one is a very typical kind of heartwarming family story or family moral or value that I think is universal and you could probably find in a bunch of different movies. But then another one is kind of almost super contextualized in our society today. And I think in my letterbox review and on Twitter, I said like, this might be the most potent critique of Trumpism and MAGA culture that I've seen in a piece of modern art and it may be the thing that saves us all. Um, so take that for what it's worth. One last thing. I think the fact that they elevated Elizabeth Banks's character and that she was less of a side character and more of an agent of central to the plot of what was going on. Like a durotagonist or something. Yeah, I think that was awesome. And I'm oh, really what? glad they did it. A durotagonist. Isn't that the that's the term for like a secondary protagonist? Hmm. I call it's a co-tagonist. <laughs> I'm so smart. We're co-managers. I still the only thing I agree. I love that they elevated Wildstyle to basically like write along with Emmett as the lead for the movie, but it's still I still feel like it was missing a female voice a little bit. I guess we can ask our female if she agrees with that. But I don't know. It still felt very much a, a male perspective movie, even if it has a lot of thoughtful criticism about that. I was going to say, they did call it out in the movie. It's like, you mean you did everything and he gets credit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, the, the, to say that the script was not thoughtful of that, of, but it would be interesting to see a full-blown movie taken from a female perspective here but again i'm not complaining about the movie it was just well i mean one little most of it, it was because like... it was the little girl <laughs> well that's what i'm saying but then it, it it's it felt like a dude writing about a little girl <laughs> well was it a dude writing about a little girl it was that's what i'm saying <laughs> the way this movie kind of leaves itself maybe we will get a more like female focused one in the future yeah lauren go it was fine like, I don't know. Oh I was kind of... You gave it a four, woman. Oh, wait, no, no that's a Lego the movie. I would, oh, give this one a, I would give this one a three tops. And only because, like, the the narrative involving the, like, real kids saved it for me. Because there was just a section mm. in the middle that I got so bored with it all. And, you re- like, you made a reference to it going Deadpool. And it's like, I seriously, in my notes, I was like, the older brother must have seen Deadpool between the first movie and this one. Because it's making so many references <laughs> that I hate it. It's like I was not Aww. I was not enjoying the middle of the movie at all. Yeah, see, I didn't that didn't bother me at all and I just watched the Wreck-It Ralph movie sequel yesterday. I felt like just eye-rollingly I was going to getting nauseated. 
I was I like the references in that, that one almost better, maybe. And they seem so basic and so obvious. Yeah. Where this I this movie kept me on my toes. I don't know. I didn't I didn't see a lot of it coming. I was really along for the ride. But maybe that was just me. Yeah. And also I don't know if it was just the little girl was supposed to be a pop like pop obsessed because I was kind of on the vein of it's like, do they just not have enough to say that they just have to keep filling this movie with songs? Because I, I don't know, it felt like he was yeah. relying on things like the songs and the references instead of being the super imaginative and inventive movie that the first one was. Like, it definitely was that in many moments in this movie, but towards the middle, I just, it lost me. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the the surface level nature of the sisters world is the sisters system, partially because of the bait and switch that's happening in the movie not to be too spoilery but if they got deeper into it then yeah i i i could but i can see where you're going with was it just the emmett story was it or was it both at the wild style section and the emmett section wasn't working for you or what Lauren? uh probably uh you know what it probably was mostly emmett because as soon as they introduced the second character it's like i knew exactly mm-hmm. who he was and they just yeah. make basically made him Chris Pratt. It's like I love dinosaurs, but there are too many dinosaurs in this movie right now. Oh, I thought not, there that was is just a false enough. statement, but we'll move it, on. It was just so annoying because, like, this was what <laughs> no, it, I know. Well, with me talking about it, referencing other things, it's like Chris Pratt's this big mm-hmm. star. He gets his own spaceship in this. Look at all these dinosaurs he gets now, and all this stuff. It's like uh, <laughs> it worked in the new Spider-Man movie. It doesn't work here for me. I loved every bit with the dinosaurs putting that out there for yeah, me I, um john you were gonna say something i think real quick before we get into spoilers i think But I will say I think all of those things that we talked about, whether it was maybe the music being overused or the references being overused, I think is made up for by the power of the message. And I think, I mean, regardless of whether or not you saw it broadcast or saw it coming, I think that last little bit between Emmett and his sister kind of really. Oh, yeah. Like I started to tear up at the end. Like I was still invested in that story. (laughs) It's just a lot of some of the other stuff. But like I'm I'm an easy target. So. So it sounds like everyone's okay with you seeing it. Lauren's a little bit more middling. Lego Movie 2. If you don't want spoilers, get out now. But uh, I think we can say this gets a middle-of-the-row approval. So with that, let's get into spoilers for the Lego Movie 2. This song's gonna get stuck inside, yo! This song's gonna get stuck inside, yo! This song's gonna get stuck inside, yo! I got out of the movie on because I saw it that opening night, and I thought Ben was seeing it opening night as well. So I just I the movie ended, and I just sent sent a text to Ben that just said "best friends" because I thought that was the funniest (laughs) line in the whole movie. And Ben just replied, "Question mark? What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Oh, he didn't see the movie." And then Ben uh, 
quickly inform me that the prodigy basically destroyed him <laughs> and he made a horrible yeah, I was expecting I was like expecting Emmett to say it at some point and then it's like a fucking oh. velociraptor <laughs> oh my god the, the first thing Ben texted me after seeing the movie was best friends in all caps so yeah. I think he and then, me, so. well I still think my favorite line and it's you you told me like Zach told me there's a cameo I'm going to love in this movie and I was like what is it gonna be oh my god Bruce, it was Gary. It was Gary Payton and Cheryl Swoops of Seattle basketball. That fame, was such right? a random line of all the people. You have to tell us exactly who it is. It's like, oh, that's that speaks wholeheartedly to the WNBA right there. No one knows who they are. <laughs> well, I think I think it's because the writers mm. are Seattle natives. I think that was the point of it. But seeing Bruce Willis like in that vent, just out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. It's like that was the moment where it's like this movie can do no wrong. This is, I just, and then later like on the walkie-talkie, you just hear someone else, Bruce Willis. What are you doing here? I really love uh, Queen Whatever Wanabi's whatever uh, her song. Just all the animation yeah. with her. Her song was great, but just how she was always changing, and I don't know. I was kind of mesmerized by the animation. Yeah, work she there. looked great and, like, when she did the the movie and I agree and shape, with shape shifting. Yeah. Lauren, that the movie isn't as maybe um, visually stunning as the original, but I think there was a lot of low key stuff going on that, like that, where it's a lot of subtle stuff, but it was just seamless and beautifully done. Uh, I was really wrapped up. I think the movie really took me in after her song. I was like, okay, this movie is pretty damn great, and I was able to roll with it um, throughout. John, you were saying something. I can, oh, uh, about the message. So, what do you guys, what message did you guys take away I from this movie? I took the toxic masculinity, like, you don't have to be like the biggest, this toughest, hard ass, yeah. douchey dude and to be <laughs> a man. It's like, it's like and, sensitivity is, is an okay thing. Like, you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Rex just as like this kind of combination of all of Pratt's roles. I thought he was cool. I mean,. Like, you know, cool as in, like, just a cool villain eventually, and just as a cool character. Like, an interesting idea, I thought. Yeah. And my first, like, as soon as you find out it's like he's an alternate Emmett, I was like, well, how did he go back? And then there's just the all the different time machines. Like, you guys <laughs> didn't see that early on? Because it's Chris I Pratt's know, I voice. No, it's like, I knew... Well, I mean, I knew it was Chris Pratt's voice, but I just thought it was a, just a silly I figured he was going to have some kind joke. of tie to him. I didn't know it was going to be... He was... It's like as, soon, like, as soon as I heard that voice and saw he was wearing the vest with the stripes on it, I was like, yep, this is... That's him. <laughs> it di additionally, early in the movie, uh, I forget what the, uh, what, uh, the brother's name was. I forget. Played by Jaden or something or another. Um, thing. Um, Finn, yeah, he when they're fighting with his when he's fighting with his sister downstairs in the basement, and Maya Rudolph shows up for the first time. He's like, "I'm trying to go through a very complicated, convoluted time like jump scenario, and you're messing everything <laughs> up, or something like that." And I was like, "Oh, okay, so there's gonna be time travel involved somehow." I did like Maya Great. Rudolph's part in this um, movie. Oh yeah, yeah the her, the hearse like when she stepped on the Lego, she's just like, like she's like worse than childbirth, her like close like, to I've childbirth. Been, God, that hurts so. Like I just, as someone who's had floors full of Legos, I oh my God, that was she. she did <laughs> yeah, and we did get the joke. wear of the pants, wear my pants. That was great. Yeah, at the end, it was great. <laughs> Where are my pants? My one complaint, 
Maya Rudolph is half black, and those kids are the whitest. <laughs> hey, on the stuff happens. Did man. you guys? So. so, did you guys notice when they did the credits? You know, they have like pictures for everybody. Will Ferrell's was just like a speech bubble. <laughs> Will Ferrell oh, is funny. also extremely pale, so and maybe that's they how could we got be adopted, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, that's how genetics work. They could be red. adopted. You need to yeah. skew your definition of family. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, so what what wasn't working for you with the Rex stuff? Just because it was predictable? Just I don't I don't know. I just I, mean, yeah, I was really and rolling I was with just it. so upset, like so frustrated with Emmett because I was very much Team Wild Style or Lucy, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> and so it's like him being manipulated made me just hate that side of the story so much. It's like you're a bastard, Emmett. <laughs> but I think they did a good job of not betraying Emmett's character at all in oh, that no, process, I know. you know, yeah. But I was just so frustrated at that point, especially mm-hmm. because it's like I don't like I don't want to get into all the stuff about Chris Pratt going around right now, but I just have like <laughs> a bad taste in my mouth at the moment, mm-hmm. so when you keep reminding me that it's Chris Pratt, yeah. It's just not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But like I mean, I still enjoyed a lot of that story. Yeah. It was just mostly the reference stuff that got like started to wear me down. Mhm. And like I mean, I really like dinosaurs, but like it was an overused joke in this. Like they don't all need to say something. <laughs> I laughed every time. I also, I also want to believe that when the dinosaurs suited up, it was a reference to the Jurassic Park four script that was never used. Or oh. the, the, but I guess they were supposed to be more mutated dinos, not just dinos with guns. Well, weren't they supposed um, to be like dinos and humans mixed? Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think apparently, according to Eric Voss of New Rockstars, that entire scene was a reference to aliens. Yeah. Um, they had, with how they land, the way they landed on the planet, and then even the way those guns were being held by the raptors to how the raptors and were taken out. And the motion out. sensor too. Yeah. I, I definitely picked up yeah. the 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 nods to it. Yeah, I definitely missed all you just said because I went on a tangent of like, wait, where was Ghost Dumbledore or not Ghost Dumbledore? Ghost, what was the guy in the first one? Oh, Morgan Freeman's character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just Freeman's disappeared character. from this movie. He was in the beginning and then he was gone, like a ghost. Speaking of speaking of characters that you know from the older one, I loved I loved how like Surfer Dave became Chainsaw Dave and then what was it? Per- <laughs> yeah, I loved all Dave? the post apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, the all the like all the meta joke of like you got to get hard and great. I mean, I don't. It, it seems obvious in hindsight, but I just thought. They just executed that perfectly. Yeah. They had a great little Mad Max action scene. Um, yeah, I was like, I enjoyed that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the begin- like you said, you didn't get invested really till. Uh, no, I just think at that point, I just knew like, okay, this is. Mm. Yeah, I was enjoying it full in like the thirty minutes, and then I was like, mm. yeah, yeah. I feel like I haven't seen a children's movie like this in a while. Whereas, like in the olden days, like children's movies always seemed like referential enough to some things or alluding to some things that adults could pick up on and be like oh this theme or this even sequence is so similar to like a classic movie (laughs) or like that too so like all all that kind of referential um bits yeah it was it was done to the nth degree exponentially but it reminded me of like oh when I saw Toy Story 3 as a young adult, like, I really liked it, but I'm sure the adults watching it picked up on s- stuff from, like, The Great Escape or that kind of thing. Like, it's the kind of thing where kids, I feel like when they watch it, it's ingrained in their kind of societal 
memory where it's just like, yeah, I know what this is from because I've seen commercials and I should recognize it or whatever. And then when they get older, maybe and actually go back and watch those movies, they can uh, they can almost appreciate it more because they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember when they parodied this in the Lego movie part two, but it actually deepens my appreciation of the source material now that I'm finally seeing it. I feel or at least that's how I feel like with a, a lot of children's movies and then the source material that they reference from when I was a kid. I th- also really appreciated as someone who loathed the Lego Batman movie that this actually felt like an evolution of that character. Um, it wasn't just the same note over and over again. He was also used effectively. They did not overuse him at all. He was like perfectly distributed throughout the movie. And uh, I loved his. I also like, loved get up. the bevy of Batman references in that song, where they referenced every living Batman. I think basically. <laughs> um, well, maybe not living. Adam West died, didn't he? but I also um, loved, every version. I loved of Batman. like his Alfred had like a tattoo. Uh, I just to me that was just like this. <laughs> it was just the silly detail that made me so happy. I don't know why. It was just. It's just stuck out to me it's the little thing yeah it is like <laughs> or even like the trope with green lantern being the justice league member that no one gives a fuck <laughs> about. my like... favorite justice league joke was they upgraded to jason momoa yeah that's pretty good man <laughs> you my man was that actually him was that him doing like, the voice? yeah it was momoa it was momoa we only have off-brand larry poppins <laughs> and original aquaman larry poppins was um something else that was quite the creation i'll just say as much as i crap on the uh references my favorite one was when emmett was skipping through that subdivision with the wizard of oz characters (laughs) he's like oh the wizard of oz is skipping down the brick road (laughs) so nice that was cool i also thought I think Unikitty was also properly evolved into uh, something Ultra more. Caddy? Yeah, she could. <laughs> like, when she did that, I was like, oh shit, that's the cat from He-Man. Like, that was bonkers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just like another, they didn't overuse her. They utilized her perfectly and they actually like made something. They did something different with the character. It wasn't just the same. Old... I, uh, no, I, I liked know. it. I disagree. <laughs> I didn't. I, like, I liked it, but I don't think it was like that much of a evolution to the character it was fun it was great to watch Alison Brie is incredible same thing with Batman actually I think Zach like I don't know like I think they added so much depth in the Lego Batman movie so it was kind of cool to see this kind of prevailing theme continue although it did it did form a disconnect of like well wait a minute he just got a family in the Lego Batman movie so why is he yeah I was really confused by what he was saying (laughs) what just in that regard, because I was like, I didn't exactly remember how the Lego Batman movie went, but I felt like he was lying about his life in this movie. Because like, I felt like it ended better for him. It did, but he, it, from what I got, is like he fucked it up somehow, and he's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But he, that's that was the the. He was like, where's Robin? <laughs> yeah, where's Robin? That was child. the only good part about that last movie. <laughs> but I also don't think. I don't think this movie exists in the same world as the Lego Batman movie, so Ben disagreed with me. Well, because it's well, the same Batman. It yeah, it's the same Batman. But I don't. But I don't. I think it's its own thing. Uh, like Bricksburg, it doesn't exist in the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, huh? They're different cities. But that's like that's like saying the Sistar system didn't exist. It's like they're there. They're just separate. You know? Because they said the Justice League, like we sent them to go investigate. But Batman couldn't go because he was well, off doing his I, own I've, like, like I said, I've tried to block that movie out of my life. Does Finn show up? In <laughs> I any didn't way, like it, but I don't form? lie about life in the world because of 
<laughs> Does Finn have anything to do with that movie? Do they ever break that? I don't. I don't think. I think it's implied. I don't remember actually. I don't. Yeah. It's got to be implied though. I, I know, know a cat shows up in the Ninjago movie, but I don't know if those are connect. That one's connected either. Yeah, I figured they I were their own so. things, but I don't know. I... Either way, I enjoyed the arc that Lord and Miller made for. Uh, Batman over these two films. And Lauren, Lauren, you said you weren't really a big fan of like how it was using the music, but did you, did you like the songs themselves? Oh, yeah. They were really catchy songs, and I appreciated the lyrics and everything, but I was just like, I wasn't here to, I didn't know I was here to see a musical. Yeah. That's basically it. So I was like, I wish we could get back into the storytelling, even though the songs do tell a story, but it was like, they just felt like placeholders. So apparently the uh, the one song, well, the yeah, the one that's catchy. supposed to get stuck in your Super head, catchy. it didn't get stuck in mine because there were so many other songs. I forgot it. <laughs> it's like, how did it go again? Oh, mine. I've been I've been jamming this forever. It is on my trivia playlist. <laughs> um, if you're one of my trivia patrons, you can expect it on Thursday and in Thursdays to come. But apparently, again, according to Eric Voss of New Rockstars, it was written by the guy. It was written by one of the guys from. Uh, the league, and he actually like went Nick into Kroll? like. That sounds like something he might write. It it wasn't it wasn't Nick Kroll. It was the other guy. Oh not, gosh, not this is gonna be a reference that none of you get. But he looks like Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. Not John um, it might have been him. Yeah. Dylan um, no, no, no. That's the actual yeah. artist who like performed it or whatever. But so the guy like researched making catchy songs. Uh, catchy songs and he studied like the famous swedish producer max martin and like how certain certain different characteristics being having the same rhyming pattern in the same rhythm like landing on the same beat and repeating certain phrases like all of that leads into having a super popular song and then reached out and got dylan francis and t-pain and what what's the other girl's name uh that girl Lele, um, <laughs> and apparently they had T Pain record like four different parts in harmony, kind of like apparently Katy Perry does that on her uh, records as well. Those are catchy. And so I loved how they were they were really intentional of creating this pop song while at the same time also satirizing like the nature of pop songs oh, as it, well. It's I Taco awesome. on the league. Yeah, that's Taco. that's John LaJoey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would have never known his name. I know him because he actually he actually has some other songs he's written that are really funny. Oh, so you know you knew his work beforehand? Interesting. I did. I'll send you some on Spotify. He's got some. He's got some good stuff. I, uh, when I was leaving on Sunday, I saw Cold Pursuit, and as I was leaving the theater, there was like a family who had seen the Lego Movie, and they were like, "Oh, what's your favorite part?" And the dad was like, "Mine was the credits. That song was amazing. <laughs> it was about oh. the credits." <laughs> <laughs> I thought the animation was also incredible. If if that was, I can't even tell if it was real or animated at the end. The weird, the 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 rotating, the circling, the whatever was bringing the characters around and going in circles, like oh, on the credits, uh, yeah, yeah. It during the credits, like I I couldn't yeah. tell if it was if it was an animated thing. I, it was so it was it was mesmerizing to watch just that thing spinning around. Yeah, I left. Plus the the bell. <laughs> <laughs> plus the plus the Beck song uh, was great as well. So I, there were only two other people in the theater with me, and the two things I heard from them it was a little boy and I think his grandpa, 
And so, like, when they did the five-year skip ahead, he was just like, what the heck? The little boy did. Because <laughs> he was so confused by a time jump. And then the grandpa, when we were leaving, he was just like, I didn't get it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, maybe he hasn't seen the first one, so he doesn't understand maybe, what's uh, going on. Maybe toxic masculinity has already rooted itself too deeply in his generation. Well, and he can't okay, now, <laughs> now, so the you said the Rex thing was pretty predictable, and I agree, mm-hmm. but... Did you did you know that whatever was going to be the heart like that when when she transformed no. I was like oh How does the original does the original movie end with the Diplo or Yeah, the Diplo guy. Diplo coming in. And then the Duplo <laughs> toys just show up. Okay. Yeah. But the, the the whole creating the heart thing that was new. That wasn't yeah. there yet, no. Yeah. The heart, okay. Yeah. It was basically just like a line or two from the Duplos and then it cuts. Mhm. They still have not revealed a set lego movie two set that includes the bruce willis minifigure and that makes so me so sad com- with like an hopefully air it duct. comes with the blu-ray or something like an air duct you can build with it <laughs> what i want what i want is just like reference sets so you can get like the delorean well i have the delorean you can get the delorean well, well what about the bill and ted the the phone booth for the bill and ted is not available as far as i know or else i would also own that damn one. it <laughs> Well, who, who, let's just say maybe they'll make him for this movie. Like, I, I kind of want that. But yeah, I do really want a Bruce Willis minifig. I think there's a lot of Bill and Ted Lego Ideas versions. Because that's how we got Back to the Future one. It was through the Lego Ideas program. I've, I've definitely seen... When I searched Bill and Ted, it, it, it came up on the website. of Multiple people have done it. It'd be interesting to know if they picked one of the actual idea sets to use in the movie you know just be your own master builder build one yourself yeah i could <laughs> i've got my box of legos still tucked away in the storage right i now, donated but, um, mine to my workplace so i don't have them um, maybe that's why i had a problem with all the raptors because it was like there aren't that many sets with that many raptors in the lego things because i would I don't have know there's them. a lot of the <laughs> there's jurassic world things oh now. i they know have so i have many, a set you know. with raptors but it only came with two those things are expensive <laughs> this family is so rich <laughs> <laughs> they are the amount of legos they have is insane what i kind of want is rex's ship the one it's like a giant fist i thought that was yeah cool. that is available uh, that was, that was the cool. other thing i was like this kid must watch pewdiepie because he has this whole bro fist thing going <laughs> and then uh i would actually i'd rather get the the emmett house set actually converts into the spaceship version oh, that's what i want cool. i want a toast room <laughs> it's like 50 <laughs> i also want i want the the character who i thought kind of got sidelined this time and it made me sad but benny the spaceship mm-hmm. he had at the end was he got really more cool. to do this time though <laughs> yeah. i think actually well it's like yeah he had like a fleet of spaceships well, yeah but he was only like one short spaceships. scene and then he's not really in anything else but i mean i just he had one of the best yeah, lines don't touch me when i'm spaceshipping <laughs> yeah that was a good one <laughs> The thing that I think I now understand Radiohead was a great one. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was the, it's like, uh, when Dever, or whatever, it's like, aren't spaceships great? And he's like, how did you know that loving spaceships is my, my one defining trait or something like <laughs> He, uh, there's a, there's a set that has him and like, it, there's like a, he got a dedicated little set I saw too. Yes, I looked through every Lego movie too. Because <laughs> yes. I wanted to know if there was a Bruce Willis one. <laughs> What'd you guys think of the Everything is Awesome reprise? I loved yeah. it. Yeah. It was it very was, Toy um... Story. We were talking about Toy <laughs> yeah. Story earlier. It was question, like, whoa. <laughs> question. What would you, because when the ending started to happen, I actually started to get excited. I was like, 
oh shoot, are they just gonna end like this? I would have been so bold. angry. <laughs> oh, you mean the boxing? I thought I when just thought you meant the the, the remix of the song by Garfunkel and Oaks. No, oh, you meant the actual. I'm like, about, yeah, when they were not singing awesome. it in the oh, toy box. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, everything's not awesome. Yeah, okay. That was yeah. that was um, dark. Not, I was not bawling like a little um school child yeah, like i was during toy story definitely didn't so, yeah. that's how they could have done a crossover thing bo peep opens the toy box and it's like come with me if you want to live in there <laughs> it's gonna be really interesting how the, not to get on a tangent but and we're going to be talking about that movie but i'm gonna be i'm really intrigued to see how they're gonna toy story 3 ended such perfectly it'll be really interesting to see what the, how they do with four but i have confidence um yeah so real quick like in terms of because zach you brought it up in terms of the reprise with everything is not awesome or you were well you were talking about the original garfunkel notes well that uh, at the beginning but with the but with the everything is not awesome part i didn't um, know they're saying that sorry go on did you guys get any hints of like like social commentary on our current day with people being so bogged down in the happenings whether it's regarding immigration or uh the economy or any of that kind of stuff and this this acknowledgement song of that kind of despair reflecting our times uh i did not read that while watching the movie but i I think you could i think you could there's some lines there if you want to reach for it i like to treat my movies as escapism so (laughs) (laughs) no but the lyrics are the, the 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 I think it's more general than a reference on our time especially, to be especially just when it's re- a movie remember about I mean toys. definitely remember oh, you for can't sure. you can't er, you if you read strive for perfection you're never going to be happy I mean that's that's a lesson that could apply to any time what's that you existed you know but especially I think the idea of the brother and sister being from two completely different like worlds and uh, having like different interests and just seeing the world in completely Did different they, ways. Did they though? They both always know then... they love Legos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I th- well, but that being the like kind of unifying factor and the, the thing, the lyric that they say in that last version in the toy box is like, if we like remember that we're all like in this together and that we all matter regardless of our differences, like, then we can make it through anything, something along that regards. Like, I was just like, Oh, that is, that is a call to unity despite differences. Uh, that is a call to unity with diversity. Like something that is completely contrary to a lot of things that are going around in our yeah, society. Right yeah, now, but also, I mean, it, yes, unity is something that we need, but we don't need to unite behind our failure to reach goals that we can't possibly reach. We need to unite to get past darkness and stupidity that is somehow just controlling our lives. It's a slightly different <laughs> message but um. <gasps> fair fair point zachary sorry i just remember my favorite part of the movie when she threw the heart was just like heart attack <laughs> <laughs> lauren do you have any thoughts that you don't want to regret not sharing uh, i just wanted to say thanks to my sister she's not listening to this but she was not a jerk like the older brother in this movie and um i just wanted for i didn't realize but the voice of general mayhem was stephanie beatrice from brooklyn yeah, I don't even yeah. recognize her. exactly it's like i recognize the voice but i couldn't 
peg it. And that's because I've only ever heard that voice in like bonus content. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it is her. She's so she's so bright and bubbly whenever she gets interviewed. It's yeah. such it's so hard to get used to. Yeah, after like seeing her as her Rosa. So it's so it's crazy. Yeah. Anybody else have anything else they want to share before we wrap up the Lego Movie too? Okay, next week we are going to be doing another uh, second part. And that is the sequel to Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> He's chuckling cleverly because it's the number two and the letter U. <laughs> we were all fans of the first one, right? Yes, sir. I enjoyed it, but and- John likes to point out that I didn't like it as much as other people on Twitter. What an asshole. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, we... Kat Angus from one of our favorite podcasts talked about how much she loved the movie, and you were just like, "See, Lauren, or something." It's like I enjoyed oh the movie; God. I just wasn't did over he, the moon did about he it. Insert his opinion of someone else's opinion into somebody else's feed. With of an, course, oh he did. God. What that a is... fucking. <laughs> That is masterclass, John, right there. You guys called me out on Twitter for not, quote-unquote, not liking shit. What was the last one? Freaking, uh, I gave something like a three and a half, and Zach, like, railed into me on Twitter. Be like, don't, Glass! You guys Yeah, but I didn't at M. Night Shyamalan into the fucking conversation. (laughs) So, happy death day to you. The, um, horror comedy sequel... I think this actually be the first movie we can reference back to a previous podcast. Yeah, I'm just excited that this Woo-hoo. movie will not have been written like a decade before it was shot. <laughs> Maybe the dialogue will be less dated. Um, but we're all very ex- excited to go see that. If you want to uh, listen next week, you need to go see that and watch the uh, previous film in that entry. Um, it's the Groundhog Day style uh, slasher i guess movie but is is russian doll a horror i was just gonna say also watch Tra- russian doll no is no, that it's a, not horror it's more comedy it's, it's a okay. dramedy dramedy okay oh it's so yeah it I is yeah, i need to finish like i'm like i watched it all in one like, sitting because i didn't realize it was only 30 minute episodes like well, i'm watching <laughs> all this right now <laughs> man it man alive. but um yeah Go see that and come back next week. And until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofroad.com. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can follow all of us on Facebook at the Middle of the Road. Uh, I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at AnotherRahulJ. And you can also follow us on Twitter when you'll get updates on when we post uh, articles for the website, such as various reviews and podcast episodes. And that's at Middle of Row, hashtag no the. And again, shout out to our friends at Podcast Missouri for promoting our shit. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Happy Death Day to you. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. Unbelievable, super cool, outrageous, and amazing. Phenomenal, fantastic, so incredible. Unbelievable, super cool, outrageous, and amazing. Phenomenal, fantastic, so incredible. It's the credits. Yeah, that's the best part. When the movie ends. Or you
and read a credible list of their incredible